You are Locked On Utes, your daily podcast on the Utah Utes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. On today's episode of the Locked On Utes podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network, we're going to hear comments from Kyle Whittingham as he spoke to the media in his usual Monday press conference following Utah's victory over Weber State. And as the Utes approach a big, big game against the team down south, Brigham Young University Cougars, in what is the in-state game, the rivalry game, Holy War, whatever it is that you want to call it. We'll also hear from Britton Covey, from Charlie Brewer, from Andy Ludwig today. And also you'll get all of my wonderful thoughts and musings. It is a Monday holiday edition of the Locked On Utes podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network for September 6th, 2021. Welcome to a holiday weekend edition of the Locked On Utes podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Just want to remind you, the NFL season is about to begin and nobody covers it like the Locked On Podcast Network. August 30th through September 8th, Locked On's Ultimate Season Preview is taking you through every team and every division with the help of Odyssey's Ross Tucker and Jason Lockon Fora. Follow the Ultimate Season Preview 2021 feed on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast to tune in beginning August 30th. I want to thank you for following us here on the Locked on Utes podcast. If you haven't had a chance, go back and listen to the post-game uh, review, evaluation, however you want to call it, with Jake and I. After Utah defeated Weber State, he and I are both uh, <laughs> suffering from opening weekend nicks and cuts. We'll call it like that. So if my voice sounds a little funky... Uh, Jake's, I promise you, sounds worse. But the good news is we have commentary from Kyle Whittingham and his thoughts about the game, along with we'll also have Andy Ludwig, Britton Covey, and Charlie Brewer. I can promise you that their thoughts and analysis are way, way better than mine is. So without further ado, here's Kyle Whittingham talking about his thoughts on the Weber State game and on the upcoming rivalry game against BYU. Uh, good to get off or get the season off. Started off with a win. Um, it was a, uh, a game that uh, we did a lot of good things after watching the film, a lot of things to correct like we felt like after the game. But uh, certainly some positives to take away. I um, thought Charlie Brewer played well. Uh, did a nice job uh, throwing the football. He was very accurate, uh, made good decisions. Uh, we didn't run the ball quite as effectively as I thought we would. But uh, give credit to uh, Weber State and Jay Hill and their staff. Uh, just to reiterate what we said going in is they're well-coached, tough, disciplined football team. Their staff's doing a great job and uh, would expect them to make a deep playoff run just like they have uh, for several years. <clears throat> and um, so a lot of the credit for our missteps uh, go to them for playing well. But uh, overall, we came out uh, you know, in pretty good shape and uh, got to get ready for the next one now. So the, the season marches on. So questions? Kyle, <clears throat> well, you talked about um, <clears throat> kind of figuring out that, the depth that we're running back. Have you figured that out based on the, the, the people? Yeah, we're closer. Tavion obviously had a good game. 
production-wise, although, as we mentioned after the game, the fumble was, was the big negative. But, uh, you know, he's working hard to, to get that corrected. And uh, Makai Bernard played well. And, you know, everybody contributed uh, in some respect in the, at, at the running back position. But, but I think Tavion's the one that stood out most. I thought he did a good job managing the game. I thought he was, uh, like I said, uh, good with his decisions, got the ball out quick, um, did a nice job extending the play at times, um, and just, you know, it was a good start. You know, we got to get better at all positions, but I thought he got off to a really good start. Then Cam came in just for a f few snaps and, and uh, looked, you know, threw some good balls, a couple of good balls, and so, or at least the, the touchdown was outstanding throw. So, so, uh, it's good to see him get some work. Coach, we saw some drops. What's the way to address drops with your receivers? Yeah, just keep working on it. Uh, There's receivers and tight ends that, that had the drops, and, and uh, some of them would have been tough catches, but some were just uh, plays we got to make 10 out of 10 times. And so just get back on the jugs machine and, and continue to, to emphasize looking the ball in and, and uh, you know making the catch before you start to run and that type of thing. But, but uh, it's something that... Uh, they're drive killers. I mean, those drops uh, cost you touchdowns and/or uh, you know the ability to keep the drive going. So something that we got to correct. I think we had five of them, which is way too many. What do you, what do you, what do you make of uh, BYU's quarterback Jaron Hall? He's he's now the starter. Has one game under his belt for this season. Yeah, very mobile. Uh, they move the launch points a lot with him. He's you know there's not a lot of drop back pass in the game. It's uh, play action boots that type of thing getting him outside the pocket, and uh, he's a guy that, like I said, has got good speed, and, and, and his mobility is, is uh, really good. And so I thought he did a nice job running the game, managing the game for him uh, Saturday. Looking back, how, how well do you think the offensive line did? Plus, like, what do you project for this week with that? Yeah, well, we're in season now, so we don't talk about injuries anymore once the season's going. And so that's something we're just hoping for the best. I can, I can just leave it at that. Uh, I thought there's room for improvement there, as and I'm not picking on them because every every position has room for improvement. But I I think we can be better than we were Thursday night, and I expect that we will become better. And that's you know the old adage of making your most improvement between game one and two is has got to show up for us uh, this week because we got to play better this week than we did last week. Kyle, were the problems mostly the twos that you had to play on the line, or were there some guys who you projected as starters who also need to see? I think everyone needs to elevate their play, and the twos, uh, you know, weren't necessarily the guys that uh, were the the, the problematic uh, positions. It's just a matter of just being more productive, blocking up the run game better, running off the ball better. We're, we didn't get quite the movement that I thought we were going to get, but uh, you know, the pass pro was pretty solid. I mean, there were some positives about the uh, performance as well, and so uh, again, not to single them out because every single position group has uh, room for improvement. Yeah, yeah. When you get 12 personnel, which we'll see again this week, and so there'll be a a, a good dose of it this week. But Devin Lloyd played outstanding. He's exactly what we uh, played exactly how we need him to play. He's he's a leader of the defense. His stats were exceptional, and uh, he's uh, that's who he is. I mean, he's just a really good player. And, he, and Nephi opposite him. Played well, wasn't quite as productive as he's been in games uh, in the past, but uh, he's a good, solid linebacker and, and a really good player. And and uh, 
So I think the linebacker core overall did a nice job. Well, we're only concerned with with uh, with BYU now, and so that's that's our primary focus. You know, you do uh, you know mentally, I guess, file away some things that you saw from Arizona uh, in the game, but but uh, it's all we have to go on for this year, obviously. Uh, but the similarity in offensive style hasn't changed much uh, over you know from the last two or three years, and uh, it seems to be you know just plug in the new guys and continue doing what they're doing is what we extrapolated. Is that the word you used? Extrapolated. That's a good word. Yep. SAT word. There were high expectations for BYU tight ends. Typically, they didn't throw it too much. Looking at the film, is that something Arizona did that you could replicate, or did BYU just stay away from it, maybe saving something for you? What do you think? Yeah, you know, they are. They got uh, three guys. They use 83, 13, and 32, uh, pretty much in that order as far as the, the, the uh, amount of snaps. Um, I can't tell you why they didn't go to him more than they did. Uh, didn't appear on film that Arizona was doing anything in particular to take him away. Just uh, as the game unfolded, it was uh, they just were not a big part of uh, the production that particular night. But they're good players. What's your takeaway on Tyson out here, the running back, and, and how they? Twenty-five. Yeah, he's uh, he's got uh, quickness. He's a big kid, you know, thick kid, not necessarily. Tall, you know, 5'11ish, cup 220, but uh, you know gets positive yards and uh, has quickness, like I said, and uh, you know he had the majority of the carries. I think he had 17 carries, so he was the, the uh, primary ball carrier, and, and uh, he's the guy that uh, they lean on heavily in the run game. Every win is obviously important, but how, how important is it to get to the 10th win over BYU, knowing that no team has ever gotten over nine wins? <laughs> yeah, you know, nothing lasts forever, but uh, you know, we're just approaching it like we do every year and pretty much every game. Just the preparation will be the key. It's not the the emotional part of it or or how many wins in a row or any of that stuff. It's just that you got to prepare the right way, and that's your best uh, chance to win a game is, is through great preparation. Internally, for the players, is this rivalry different than it was five, ten years ago? You get a lot more out-of-state guys now. Yeah, it is. It is a lot different, and uh, for a lot of reasons. Uh, first of all, uh, you know, we don't. We're not in the same conference anymore. That's been 11 years now. Uh, we don't play it every year. You know, we're taking two years off after this year. We've taken time off in the past. Didn't play it last year, although that was extenuating circumstances. The the uh, the timing of the game, you know, early in the season, typically a rivalry game is, is the last game of the season. So there's a lot of reasons why it, it has a different feel than it used to. And uh, it's, you know, but we're playing this year, so we got to be ready to go. How do you motivate your team to not think about the streak and just remain focused on the game itself? Well, like I said, just tell them that the key is going to be preparing the right way. You prepare hard and you play hard. And that's, that's simple form, you know, in its most simplistic uh, terms, that's what you do. And if you uh, don't prepare, and that's not only on the field, but in the film room, you know, in the weight room, everything you, everything that comes with it, uh, getting your rest, hydration. I mean, there's a there's a ton of different uh, aspects to preparation, and you got to pay attention to all of them. And then on game day, you got to play hard. I feel like your secondary has done, I mean, point game, I feel like they've done knowing, now that they've experienced that crowd noise, they've experienced the different game settings. What, what, 
Yeah, I thought they played pretty good. I think Clark Phillips played really well. Like I said, after the game, he, he made a lot of plays. Uh, JT Broughton played solid. Uh, our nickel position, uh, Malone Mattele, was, was uh, a guy that turned in a pretty good performance as well. The safeties, I thought, uh, held down the fort. So uh, I think for one game, they, they had a pretty good outing. Now there'll be bigger tests down the road. But uh, for that game, I thought they played pretty well. Well, it doesn't tell me anything new than what we were thinking when we saw him all spring and all fall. You know, he's a terrific athlete, a tough matchup, and uh, that tight end crew is really productive with him, Cole Fotheringham, and, and Keithy. And uh, he made some catches and some plays that, uh, you know, highlighted you know, his athleticism and, and what his capabilities are. And, and uh, hopefully we see a lot of that all year long. What do you see from Kalani's defense? Uh, a little more even front than they were playing a few years ago, uh, but the same uh, philosophy, zone coverage, is what they hang their hat on, keeping things in front of them. Um, that really is the, you know, the basics of it: is don't give up the big play and and keep things in front and and uh, rally and tackle, and that's been their mo for uh, quite a few years. With the portal becoming a bigger deal, we've seen players transfer from both Utah and BYU to Almost zero. I mean, it's not a big factor, and I don't think it's an advantage for either team, uh, or, or has been an advantage for either team in the past, for that matter. And so, it's not. Uh, to me, I think that stuff's overblown, and, and uh, every year is its own entity, and, and you know, you evolve and change. And so, I don't think that's really a big, big uh, part of of uh, the outcomes of these games. You've known Yeah, I don't see much of an advantage. It's uh, what they're doing is quite a bit different than what we did here when he was here, and and uh, so again, it's kind of like the, the same answer about the players. It's not really a, a big impact. How the young pass rushers played out. <clears throat> not bad, not bad. They got work to do, but uh, they did a pretty good job. I think our tackles did a pretty good job collapsing the pocket and uh, giving those edge rushers a chance to, to come around the edge there and, and uh, get pressure. Uh, I thought Mika Tafua played well, but uh, in answer to your question, there's you know there's improvement they got to make. But uh, for for freshman kids, I think they did a good job. How much different is the job for that defensive front when? Uh, a team does what BYU does where they move the quarterback outside of the box. Does that change their significance? On the edge it does, not interiorly, but on the edge you gotta you try to get the guy pulled up and not let him just have uh, you know the ability to roll out and have three, four seconds to, to do his thing. I mean you gotta try to try to do as good a job as you can keep him keeping him contained. Any takeaways from the weekend what you saw in the Pac twelve? Yeah, a lot of interesting stuff. Uh, the North struggled. They were one and five over the weekend with Oregon, and I guess they had to pull it out late against uh, Fresno, or it was the game was never in in hand until uh, the very end. And the South was five and one, so six and six overall, which is kind of a mediocre showing for the conference. But uh, like I said, the South fared much better than the than the North. I was, uh, you know, some of the scores surprised you, but but uh, you know, if you're not ready to play, anything can happen. So. I'm not accusing anyone of not being ready to play, but 
apparently it was, uh, you know, there were some there were some outcomes that you didn't see coming. At least I didn't. I did. I watched uh, almost all of that, and uh, you know, you really don't have perspective right now. Uh, you know, after one week, it takes four or five weeks, in my opinion. But but uh, they certainly look like uh, a very explosive, much more physical team than they've been. And I uh, can't, you know, I don't know much about LSU uh, and, and what they had coming back or any of that stuff. But but you can definitely see that UCLA is is a much better football team. All right, there you have it, Kyle Whittingham, as he spoke to the media on Monday. And as you can kind of guess, he's calmed down a little bit. It seems like maybe the laundry list of items that he was upset about wasn't quite as long as maybe he thought. And that's not uncommon, I think, when you're in the heat of the moment, especially after a uh, multi-hour rain delay like they had. Sometimes that can multiply. Sometimes the anger can seethe a little bit more. Uh, I know that when I was a football coach, every game was a lot a lot less bad and a lot less good after watching the film. Um, never too high, never too low. I, I, oh, man, I can't remember what it was that Larry Kriskoviak used to say. But he was right. You're never as good as you think you are. You're never as bad. And usually the film will tell you that. So uh, I want to shout out Rob Reeder, uh, a friend of mine, friend of the program, pointed out JT Broughton in his rewatch played an excellent game. Rob, you're absolutely correct. I finally had a chance to rewatch the game. JT played really well. Uh, as I mentioned, I thought that a lot of the youths actually played pretty well. And uh, I'm sure that there's opinions out there and, and people are entitled to their opinions. But, you know, as, as our as – <laughs> former BYU head coach Bronco uh, Mendenhall used to say the level of criticism typically matches the level of education and so that's why we bring you the commentary from Kyle Whittingham from Britton Covey from uh, Charlie Brewer from Andy Ludwig because their level of education is in in this sport in the goings-on is much much higher than anybody else's and therefore you can listen to their opinions and know uh, know really where uh, where to stand and everything like that Speaking of those who know, do you know that 85% of people who play daily fantasy sports lose? Is it really that surprising? The game is rigged against you. You're playing against thousands of other lineups, not to mention experts who have more tools and more time. You don't stand a chance. That's why we're here to introduce you to Stat Hero. It's the first ever daily fantasy sports book that puts the player in control and winning within reach. Here's how it works. Stat Hero shows you their lineups and dares you to beat them. It's you versus the house in a head-to-head fantasy matchup. Your name, you name your stakes, winner take all, you have the advantage. Stat Hero is showing you their lineups ahead of time. No one else does that. I uh, have, have started to dabble in the daily fantasy thing, and, and what I really have appreciated about Stat Hero is they give you that upper hand in terms of maybe I have a feeling or, or something like that, and I can go search out the matchup that I like based on my knowledge. So if I have uh, a favorite player or a favorite team that I follow – they're going to go ahead and present whatever it is that they have, and I can pick my matches against theirs to stay in total control. Uh, Stat Hero is daily fantasy sports the way it was meant to be, one-on-one. Play Stat Hero now. You can change the odds. Go to, go to StatHero.com slash locked on. Sign up for free, and right now you can get three times back on your first play. They're giving you a 300% match. That's unheard of in daily fantasy sports. Go to StatHero.com slash LockedOn. Again, that's StatHero.com slash LockedOn.
back here on the Locked On Youth Podcast talking about uh, comments from the coaches, players, and, and whatnot following University of Utah win over Weber State. And I've, I've tried to share as much as I possibly can in terms of my thoughts on it. But the real uh, the real important thoughts are definitely those of the, the people who participate in the games. So without further ado, let's get to Britton Covey and his thoughts on both B- facing BYU this week and on the Weber State game. On the rivalry. I did. Um, does it ever get old in your, in your household and your family? No. But it's funny how... Just the attitude towards it has changed over the last few years. Where it's, I see a lot of my family members totally at war with themselves, not knowing what to do. <laughs> so, it's it's been fun. You know, I live literally 30 seconds away from the stadium. My whole family still has season tickets to BYU. They also have season tickets to Utah now. So it's you know it's close to home. You know, and, and the fans take it a long ways, but at the end of it, it seems like there's never anything but absolute respect between the players. Yeah, I think it's more the fans that kind of get into it. The players, like, there's there's nothing but respect. And I think that that's when it gets easier to appreciate the rivalry in a different way, when you start to get to know players on the other team. Yeah. When you're, oh, I am so sorry. When you're kind of looking at them as just a big entity like BYU football or Utah football, it's easy to kind of generalize it. But when you start to get to know people like, oh, Devin Lloyd or BYU's tight end, Isaac Rex, he's a cool guy. You know, like, you start to get to know these guys personally and it, it just becomes a lot less um, fiery and, and still still competitive, but not, you know, hateful. You and Samson spent a lot of time as teammates together in a similar unit. I imagine you're really close friends. Absolutely. How is it bizarre having him over on the other side? Absolutely. Samson's, you know, been one of my best friends for years and don't be surprised if we stage a fake fight. <laughs> Full on karate moves planned out. So we'll see what, what happens. I'm excited to see him. It was the same thing with Devin Kafusi a couple of years ago, seeing him but and, and I mean half the guys on their team, I mean, Keenan Peely was my safety in high school, Shaz Ayu went to Timothy, like all these guys, and so it's, yeah. Now that you've had some time to digest Thursday, um, can you elaborate on, on Charlie's performance and, you know, how good he was? Charlie did everything that you needed to do. I, he did it with, you know, we had three drops, we had a couple blown assignments on the offensive line, and there wasn't a single play where you were, you know, frustrated with Charlie. It really was an amazing performance, and just a simple performance, you know. It's not like he did anything spectacular out of the ordinary, it's just... He handled his business and was clean. Um, having that in the first game from your quarterback is huge. Mm-hmm. You expect a lot of random mistakes in the first game, which we had, but from our quarterback we didn't, which is really cool. So for a guy who has as much experience as he does, does he need to learn about the rivalry? Does he ask questions about it, or is it just another game? Oh yeah, he needs to learn. Okay. We're, we're, sitting him, we're sitting him down, talking to him about it. So what do you tell so, him? Just that uh, there's a lot more at stake here than just a game. Right, and I think that you're fooling yourself if you just say that it's just another game. Uh, it's not, you know, and it doesn't mean that it's the Super Bowl, but it's it's a big game. You know, we respect BYU, they respect us. We know they're going to play their best game. We know we're going to play our best game. Uh, and so, yeah, you got. I think what it is is people that don't know about the Holy War, especially people from the East, they don't really understand that it's one of the biggest rivalries in the country. And you kind of go through and tell them about that. And it makes it fun. What changes around the facility, around the, the, the staff, uh, in, in their communication with you guys? Is it, is it business as usual? Or is that, like you said, kind of fool's gold to, to keep telling yourself that? Yeah. Uh, I think that 
in a lot of language. It's business as usual. You know, uh, Coach Witt is always um, very stern and, and competitive throughout the week and respectful of our opponents. So in language and vocabulary, it's very similar. But in vibe and feel, it, it is a lot heightened sense of, you know, urgency, I guess you'd say. There you go, Britton Covey talking about the heightened sense of urgency coming into the rivalry week. And I have to agree with him. You know, the coaches, whether or not they stress, whether they choose to stress, you know, it's a week like any other week. We prepare the same way. We don't make any changes. Uh, or if they choose to, uh, you know, I, and I don't know that there's necessarily a right way or a wrong way to do it. I think sometimes it depends on the actual team and, and what the – the players on the team, how they vibe, how they, you know, how they accept coaching. I think that can be a really important aspect of, of coaching is, is understanding what it is about your team that gets them motivated and what doesn't. You know, so whether the whether or not the coaches decide to motivate these guys by downplaying the rivalry, by by pumping it up, that's not gonna matter. Because everybody knows who's on the schedule and I think that's a program where they know and understand how important beating BYU is. And, you know, I think no team ever wants to be the team to give up a streak. No team ever wants to be the team to start a streak. You know, I think every team wants to be the team to win this game. It doesn't matter. You know, you can talk about BYU players don't want to leave, having always lost to Utah. That doesn't matter. Uh, what really matters at the end of the day is, is how good is your good? How much do you bring to the fight? Uh, how much do you bring to the game? And, and, you know, how hard are you willing to work and prepare during the week in all aspects of it? Is it? Are you watching your film? Are you preparing in class? Are you preparing on and off the field? Are you eating what you're supposed to be eating? Are you getting your your sleep in? And all those kinds of things. It, it all matters in, in these kinds of games. But it also matters to who has the best team and who has the most talent, um, you know, and, and that can really play an advantage. We'll see what the answer to that question is. But I'll tell you who has the best tasting protein bars on the planet. That's Built Bar. Uh, you've heard me talk about my favorite flavors. There's nine different delicious flavors that you can get, plus the occasional limited time flavor. We know all of those. My favorite, Cherry Barcia. I love double chocolate. Cookies and cream, tough to beat. Orange is also orange. You glad that I mentioned it every single time? Yes, you are. Let me tell you. Uh, but go to BuiltBar.com. Get the, uh, the mixture if that's your thing. If you already know what flavor you like. Then go ahead and get that flavor because then you know you're getting 17 grams of protein and only 130 calories and only 4 grams of sugar and whatever that is. That's the best part about Built Bar. It tastes like a candy bar, but it also gives you the nutrition, the nutritional uh, impact of a protein bar. So you can go to Built Bar right now. Use the promo code LOCK15. You'll get 15% off your first order. Again, that's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. As your eyes turn to football and teams return to the gridiron to start the football season, BetOnline is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. Get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including online's biggest half-million-dollar NFL Mega Contest and the world's largest $200,000 NFL Survivor Contest open now at BetOnline. Head to the website, use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. That's right, 100% now. You can also take advantage of their opening day super promo, which is if you make a bet on the Thursday, September 9th season opener between the Super Bowl champion Bucks and the Dallas Cowboys, 
If you lose, your wager will be refunded up to $25. This is for new customers only when signing up and using the promo code NFL100. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports, from football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait. Take advantage of all the great offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. All right, wrapping up here on today's episode of the Locked On Youth Podcast. He is part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I want to thank you all for following us on whatever your favorite platform is, for tuning in and listening every single day. Uh, two more interviews to listen to. Andy Ludwig spoke to the media, and he really didn't mince words much at all about what the Utes needed to do going forward. Yeah, it was good to get started, but uh, the full focus now is on... Today's practice and improving every day, getting ready for this next contest. You already said a couple drops in there, especially two that were key and maybe getting touchdowns. What, what do you do to kind of overcome some of that stuff? Well, you can hear the judge machine working behind you right now. The receivers and tight ends are very committed to being good pass receivers. So we're working on that daily. Well, what were your thoughts on the, the running backs? It seemed like Tavion got, got going in that second half. Do you, uh, Kyle said that you guys are getting closer to finding a lead back. Yeah, every every game is a little different. Tavion did do some good things last week, but again, he's got to come out, have a great, productive week of practice. Started off well today on this Monday, and uh, tomorrow's another day, so we'll see where that brings us. How would you describe Charlie's opportunity on Thursday? Charlie did a nice job in his first start. I'm anxious to see him work in his second start now. What was your assessment of the offensive line? Uh, there were some, some good things and bad things that I think that Coach Whittingham addressed with the media after the game. But right now we're completely focused on preparing and getting better for this week's opponent. So uh, that about is my assessment right there. Coach, what sticks out to you offensively that you think it's, has to go well in order to beat the next opponent, which is BYU? Yeah, we got to protect the football and protect the quarterback. We do those two things, we're going to be in good shape. How much, how much of that game for BYU Arizona did you watch, and what, where do you, you know, do you feel like you have a good answer of what you can need to do against them? Yeah, yeah, I have. A, I watched it uh, many times now, and I, the the number one priority in the game plan is protecting the ball. The number two priority in the game plan is protecting the quarterback, and then then good things are going to happen for the Utes. Yeah, it didn't sound like Andy Lugerug was too excited to speak to the media after practice on on Monday, but. There he is talking to the media, telling him what the priority is, protect the football, protect the quarterback. Uh, not surprising at all, although I will say this, that the University of Utah has a plethora of good quarterbacks at their disposal. You know, And, and as I mentioned on the broadcast with Steve Bartle and Cameron Beck the other day, uh, Utah might have two quarterbacks in their quarterback room that are better than starters at some other places. So very different situation to be in for the University of Utah. And we might as well listen to uh, Charlie Brewer talk about his first game as a Ute as one of those talented quarterbacks. You know, a good starting point just to, you know, get a win under our belt and then, uh, you know, go into a much bigger game this week. Statistically, um, you know, you performed pretty well. There were a couple drops from, from the receivers though throughout that game. Um, how do you sort of just work with the receivers to kind of get, and the tight ends to kind of get that relationship a little bit better and, and minimize that stuff as going forward. Yeah, I mean, I think just every day in practice, right, you, uh, you know, are working on, you know, just your chemistry and timing with the receivers. Um, you know, and I think from week to week it will get better and better. 
This is a week that everybody has circled on the calendar in the state of Utah. Yeah. What have you learned about the rivalry thus far? I learned it's a you know a really big game. Um, people have you know just said how how great of an atmosphere you know how much it means to the people up here. So I'm excited to you know get to play in it. I just asked Britton. So with your experience and all the miles you put in over the years, I, I said, does he need to learn about this? And Britton said, yeah, he should know at least yeah. a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. I think you know for. You know, past players, you know, and things like that. It's just, you know, probably an important game and, um, you know, lots on the line. So I'm learning every day the significance of it. And, you know, I think I'll, I'll know it pretty well by game time. So Thursday was kind of your introduction to, to how things work at Rice Cycle Stadium. How special yeah. was it? Uh, how welcome did you feel by the fan base, et cetera? Yeah, I thought, it was, I thought it was good. It was good to finally get a game, you know, in as a Utah U. Um, felt great, you know, running out and being a part of the team. So it was an overall good experience. What was it feeling like putting on a different uniform for the first time in, I guess, five years uh, in Salt Lake this, this last weekend? It was good. A little weird, but it was good. No, it was, I was really looking forward to it. Um, you know, I was really, you know, just ready for it to happen. So um, it felt really good to, you know, finally play as you. Speaking a little bit about the, a little bit more about the rivalry, like if you guys prevail in this game on Saturday, that'll be 10 straight times that Utah has beat BYU. In no point of the rivalry has one team beaten the other one 10 times. Nine is the most. How much do you guys care or talk about that at all? I mean, I think, you know, just the significance of the game, you know, is talked about, but I think a big, you know, kind of our main focus is being as prepared as possible for the game. Right, we have to, you know, there's a lot of things that go into it with film, practice. Um, you know, I think for us, just being as prepared as possible will give us the best chance, you know, to do that. So, um, you know, we, I think more of our focus is just on, you know, getting prepared and um, playing as well as we can. Did you know that in his heyday, Kyle Whittingham was the man at BYU? I did not. He was a player there, he was a linebacker. Yeah. Um, I did not know that. I knew, I knew that he was a really good player. But. Yeah. There you have it, Charlie. Charlie Brewer talking to the media after practice on Monday, mentioning that he didn't know that Kyle Whittingham paid, played for BYU. But when you think about it, why would Whittingham talk about that? Like it's it's kind of wild for us. It's such second nature. But for a player like Charlie, I don't know. Kyle pull him aside and be like, you know, son. I played at BYU, so this game's real important to me. So go out and win one for the Kipper. Nah, Kyle's not going to do that. That's not his style. But uh, some some thoughtful insight from Charlie Brewer there as he approaches his first ever rivalry week at the University of Utah. We're going to wrap things up for today's episode. Thank you for joining us here on the Locked On Utes podcast as part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Be sure to follow us on your favorite uh, podcast platform. Uh, also, be sure to follow us on Twitter or email the show at Locked on Utes on Twitter, locked on Utes at gmail.com. You can follow me at Brown Bear SLC. Follow Jake at Jacob C. Hatch. All of us available on Twitter. Uh, it is Rivalry Reek. Yeah, that's going to be weird with Jake, uh, but we're going to find a way to work through this. Tomorrow, we're going to have some comments from George Klyavkov, who uh, the Pac 12 commissioner is in town visiting the University of Utah this week, and he is going to speak to the media. So we'll have that in addition to more updates as things unfold this week. It is Rivalry Week. The Holy War is here. Get excited, gang. We're going to have you covered for the rest of the week here on the Locked on Utes podcast. And we'll talk to you again tomorrow.